cutting-edge guests, awesome, uncensored, jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. Well, welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show, to all of you divine lions and lionesses. You know, we stand for love, levity, and liberty. That's the creed, the ethos of this show. This is a show you're about to watch or to hear if you're on a podcast, which does not have a lot of levity. It's a particular show, a topic, which actually is the one which inspires me to keep going. And it's the darkest topic as well. It's the one of the potential of human and child, especially child, trafficking. The story you're about to hear from the woman who's about to share it is one which, if true, and everything I've seen leads me to believe it is thus far, could lead down a road, a dark road, of heinous crimes. Once again, at the hands of corporations masquerading as government. Before we get into this, it's essential as a divine lion and divine lioness that we hear and we see and we acknowledge each other. Because through the awakening process and this great awakening, this spiritual awakening, when we know how bad and where the enemy exists, which in the military, we want to know where is the enemy to root out the enemy and eradicate the enemy. And for some of that enemy, we can also turn them so they share information. And we're talking about the enemy of darkness, the minions of the devil. This is the enemy I refer to, minions of the devil. Now, the Bling Buddha, our mascot, he fires red pills from his nine mil, and he wears that Punisher's tattoo over his left breast, the Punisher tattoo, symbolizing save the children. If you've ever stood up or not, attended a rally or not, and you say, I'm here for saving the children, then you'll invest the next moments of your time and listen and watch the plight of this mother. And at the very least, do so with an open mind. I'm not here saying you need to believe everything. Yet the documents presented certainly support her story. And before we go into that, let's remember pharmakia. Pharmakia is a Greek word for sorcery. You know what it says in the Bible about sorcery and the prophecy. In World War I, more soldiers on both sides total died from vaccine deaths than they did from bullets and bombs in World War I. Remember the Tuskegee experiment. Remember the CIA pouring LSD into a French town's well, well water supply? And that entire town, in a matter of days, went mad and murdered each other to the death. Well, the CIA used that as one of their many experiments to see what would happen. Let's also remember the CIA had Manson, and that is now out and declassified. And look what they did there. Bishop Jim O'Connor has been here on the program many times, and Bishop Jim, who is a former U.S. Army Airborne Major and a graduate of West Point Military Academy, was given cancer by his own country's military. The U.S. Army had him swallow a pill before he shipped off to the Persian Gulf, along with so many others, and he developed prostate cancer. He's part of that class action lawsuit, which revealed here many times. And of course, that gets swept under the rug. Let's remember glyphosate, the number one ingredient in Roundup, weed killer, many cases against Roundup weed killer owned by Monsanto. And even the World Health Organization admitted, and I quote this, that glyphosate, quote, probably is carcinogenic. Wayfair, Walmart, and now Etsy. Incredible allegations of massive involvement in child trafficking. They're even spot screenshotted and recorded from their websites where you could order a child as easily as ordering a piece of furniture or a porcelain doll. Except you'll pay just a bit more delivered discreetly to your door. It's sickening. 
And it stops when we know about it and we do something about it. And then there's the CPS and the CAS, the Child Protective Service in the United States and the Children's Aid Service or Society in Canada. Are they really protecting children? Are they really aiding a child? Now, I believe in every industry, every organization, be it military, education, yes, even politics, banking, finance, there are benevolent souls and malevolent souls. So I'm not painting a picture of all law enforcement or military ever, nor am I painting a broad stroke brush on CPS and CAS. However, including the court systems, which as we know, are registered with Dun & Bradstreet numbers, businesses, corporate entities, which go back to the British Accreditation Registry. There are people within here with malevolent intent to take children and harm children. So is it difficult to believe that the CPS and CAS actually might come in and make up stories to take children away from truly loving mothers and fathers? We've seen so. In fact, I've happened to meet the five parents part of a massive class action lawsuit in Arizona just a little over a year ago in Tucson, Arizona, and meet them. And then also have one of those parents on the show twice before she died of unknown causes, Sarah Ibarra Johnson. Aaron Spradlin, the founder of Mission America Foundation, who is a veteran of the U.S. Army and also worked in 20 Special Forces Group and also spent six years under Homeland Security and Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad, has now with Mission America Foundation saved over four and a half thousand children in four countries. And as he said, here on this program, and then we did a show with AJ Roberts, who is about to open Mission America Foundation UK chapter, Aaron Spradlin said that we are the greatest consumer of child porn and child trafficking, America. It is an industry that went from 30 billion to 150 billion. It is the largest industry in the world, black market industry, human trafficking and in five years, 30 to 150 billion dollars. And he said, I can guarantee in every town you go into, whether it's rural or big city, we can find people who are taking children. That's from Aaron Spradlin. I've had others on this show, NCIS, former NCIS investigators, who has literally said that, yes, the CPS, we have many cases, most of those kids go missing from CPS. So a machine is required from the deep state in order to get the children Whereas Aaron says that these children are then, I'm going to use a nicer term, leveraged. But if you're really wondering, because I almost became one of them, and this is part of the reason why I fight this fight. They are raped and rented out, as Lee Dundas said, on average 10 times a day for $150 for years and years. Human trafficking is the most profitable black market industry. So is it even more to wonder why law enforcement agencies who are supposed to protect us, like the RCMP, are actually doing so? Well, let's go back to the case in point, which even Lee Dundas said last week on a show with herself, Ricardo Bosi, and Pastor Arthur Pavlowski. I remember these two getting suppressed then videos on YouTube of Indigenous in Canada that were being chased into the wilderness in wintertime because the RCMP showed up with public health officials to force vaccinate all of the reserve, especially the children. And they were running to the woods for their freedom and the RCMP were hunting them down. Quebec was writing into a law to take children if they don't wear a mask at school, take them out of the loving home of their parents make them a ward of the state. What else happened in Quebec? Well, the largest MK Ultra program in North America was housed in Montreal. That's declassified. 
We spoke of Surya Barra Johnson. Let's also talk about the Indigenous and the perpetration upon them, as well as the Irish. The residential schools in the USA and Canada. Lest we forget those. Hoku Wichasha, who is the historian of the Lakota Horse Nation, all was here a year ago. He is the survivor of the last American residential school in 1993. And the horrors that were perpetrated on the children the indigenous residential schools. Let's also talk about disappearing children in Kelowna, British Columbia. After the queen and the king's visit just a few decades ago, 12 children were missing and never found. How about Picton Farm, Picton Pig Farm, and Justin Trudeau and all of those ties to those people there in Delta, British Columbia, just years ago, not decades, not centuries. If you want to go back centuries, let's remember Wounded Knee, December 29, 1890. The slaughter of about 300 Lakota Indians by the United States Army at Wounded Knee Creek in southern South Dakota. If you know your history, you will remember then what happened was because the U.S. Army said, bring in your guns so we can keep you safe and put you on the reservation. The men, the women, and the children, the chief, the elders, the clan mothers all showed up at that appointed time before they had breakfast, handed in their guns. And in a debt of gratitude, the U.S. Army leveled their guns and drew their sabers and massacred them. Massacred them. And it literally says, if you look it up, the massacre was a climax of the U.S. Army's late 19th century efforts to repress the Plains Indians. It broke any organized resistance to reservation of life, to reservation life and assimilation. It's truly horrifying, the Kazarian Mafia, what they've been doing to us for eons, and they just wear new disguises. Now, once again, as I restate, before we go over to this mother, and you get to hear her story, who joined me by the phone from vacation because we attempted to get onto Zoom. And interestingly enough, the Wi-Fi kept dropping, so we could only record her part by phone. I have not yet seen anything which is not true about her story. You will see the legal documents and the paperwork, which she references here in the last three years of trying to protect herself and her kids, as she states, from a husband who sexually assaulted her in front of the eldest son, from a husband who has uttered death threats and owns guns in Brampton, Ontario. The same Brampton where I was part of the Air Cadets, the same place in the just a few blocks away from where I went to elementary school. This woman is fearing for her life, especially the lives of her children. Why is children's aid, according to her story and what the documents I've seen, why are they not ensuring that her and the kids are safe? Matter of fact, it goes beyond children's aid. Why are the police not ensuring their safety? Why is it then, it looks like, and they're all welcome to come on to the show and explain their side of the story, why is it there's a man dressed up in a black robe who is supposed to be a magistrate, yet is acting as a judge who possibly may want to take these children away from what appears to me to be a loving mother who has registered criminal complaints. And the prosecutor has even called the police to get the husband locked up because he is a threat to her health and the children. Oh, and by the way, you're about to hear as well that there is a psychology counselor who wrote an affidavit who said that, yes, he, the ex-husband, admitted to me in counseling that he physically abused the children beyond spanking and apparently did so in a session in front of her. Yet now the courts, it seems, the companies, the registered corporations, want the children and don't want to protect her. You know what? As a final note, and Dolores Cahill said here in the program and Steve Forsyth, in the United Kingdom in Ireland, apparently the charge of a man or a woman dressing up in a law enforcement officer's uniform who does not protect against a crime, which has happened. 
then what they're doing is conducting criminal malfeasance. And that carries a charge of a minimum of 20 years to life in prison without parole, which is Loris Capel Hill said here on the show, that's the second worst charge behind treason. Awake Canadians know about the Picton farm. Awake Americans know about the CPS cover-ups. Awake Australians, where it's now admitted, the New South Wales health minister knew that the vaccines, the COVID bioweapons, would literally cause death and irreparable harm. He purposely disregarded those emails, covered it up, and went ahead just over a year ago to sweep up 25,000 Australian children, abducted them by force from their parents and their homes, herded them into a soccer stadium, and force vaccinated each and every one of them. That's out now in the mainstream this week. And unfortunately, those children, as well as anybody who has had the bad vaxes, they're all a ticking tie bomb of death, these death jabs in their arms, unless the solutions, some of them like have been shared on this show, are leveraged immediately because there's now clinical evidence out there where they can be reversed. The graphene oxide and the nanoparticles dispersed and people can return to sovereignty and God. We have it. The woman, the mother, goes by the name of Jane, at this moment in time, called me from vacation. And again, her story is backed up and we move forward here. And please watch and listen for the sake of at least the three lives of her boys so they are not further terrorized by what seems to be an extremely horrific story, which hopefully will have a beautiful, benevolent conclusion. And that happens when we wake up, we stand up for the children. Okay, all of you divine lions and lionesses. So what you have just heard in the prologue is now the phone call that I have here right now uh, on the phone, Jane. She's on vacation and she literally doesn't have enough Wi-Fi to join us on the Zoom. We did attempt that. I can say that to you as a man. And I just want to remind everybody what you're about to hear is something that that I have had people on the show, whistleblowers from NCIS, former investigators, to uh, U.S. Army veterans, to others, as well as Sari Barr Johnson, and having met as well with parents who are in class action lawsuits with entities like CPS, Child Protective Services in the United States. And I want to also re remind you, this is happening around the world. I've had AJ Roberts, former UK veteran, three combat tours multiple times. You've all seen him on the show. And he and his group who have closed down the child vaccine centers in the UK, as many as possible with Steve Forsyth, who also did the recon to find out and discover and trace the money back to Soros-funded NGOs of the migrants in the UK, have also come up with roughly 16 to 18% of every household in the United Kingdom is involved in child trafficking. He said those words right here on the show. And they have the evidence, they have documents. Now, starting January 1st, they are launching Mission America Foundation, the United Kingdom chapter, with former British SAS, SRR, veterans, Royal Marines, detectives, and investigators. The story you're about to hear from Jane is in Canada, and it happens to be the province where I grew up, Ontario. Now, we all know about Canada, as I've said, around Freedom Convoy, when in 2022, Quebec passed that law so that if you are not masking your children in school, they can come into your home in Quebec and kidnap your children. And now we know all about the masks, right? We have seen, as we've had people here on the show and Sound of Freedom has aired this out in the open in public, that this is the number one, human trafficking is the number one black market economy in the world. And it doesn't matter and it's happening all around us, it's happening in the homes. And Jane is very brave as far as I'm concerned to share this story because unlike Sari Barr or Johnson, who paid for this with their life and her children, unfortunately, Jane is at a precipice where hopefully they don't take her children. 
and you are going to hear from her directly how it is that the criminal court in Ontario has allegedly went to her husband, who she is sharing, sexually assaulted her in 2019. So she entered an application in 2019 in the family court in Ontario, Superior Court of Justice, family court, so that they could remove him from custody. And now in March of 2023 of this year, federal law in Canada called Chiara Law states apparently that any child who witnesses abuse and receives abuse cannot go back into the custody of their abuser. Yet here we have right now a story you're going to hear from Jane over the next 25 minutes as we go by phone about the man she alleges sexually assaulted her and the children who is in criminal court and a, coming up on a court date, which keeps getting moved. Funny how we hear this story happening. Is also in family court and the judge is doing things which, the way I read it, is a very similar pattern and hopefully not, but it does look like this, unfortunately, the same pattern to take Jane's kids. And I've spoken with her many times. And so as far as I'm concerned, she is of sound mind and body. And by the way, there is an affidavit people can look up and it'll be shown right here as well, where you can see it in August of 2023 of this year, there is a child aid services worker. Her title was intake worker of first germ region. Kelly Emrick, K-E-L-L-Y-E-M-R-I-K, told the judge in a letter that Jane here is safe haven for the children. Yet here we are now, just in the last few weeks, another intake worker has suddenly been assigned to this. Apparently goes by the name, this woman, Jennifer Wiseman. And allegedly, this woman, Jennifer Wiseman, has lied and de declared Jane mentally unfit. How does all of this happen when you have a husband who is going through criminal court for assaulting people? How does this all happen, you might be wondering, when allegedly, with the document you're seeing on the screen, the therapist for the husband submitted to the family court stating that her patient, his lawyer, the opposing counsel to Jane right now in family court is lying because he's conducted a privacy breach and made up a story. Why, why is a therapist doing that? Staying there lying. Oh, and the therapist also said, putting the therapist's license on the line in this letter, that the husband admitted in therapy to physically harming the children beyond spanking. And the therapist admitted in this affidavit shared to the judge, Alexander Finlayson, Superior Court of Justice, Ontario Family Branch. Here's the affidavit on the screen now that there is a mental health issue that runs in this man's family. That is a July, 2023 affidavit. And according to Jane, who's here with us now. Thank you for being so brave. And uh, thank you for giving us some of your time on vacation because this is literally, you've been living a nightmare from what I've understood over the last, not only four years, but also being in relationship and learning that your children have been physically assaulted and harmed on top of yourself by this man. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a voice. You're, I you're I think this I can just thank you for that to be a voice for everybody here to make this really known to everybody what is happening in Ontario. Yeah, and unfortunately, not only is it Ontario, I mean, we've seen FBI work with Children's Protective Services all around the United States, snatching children out of good homes from what we've seen with whistleblowers on the show. We've even seen Children's Protective Service in the United States are awarded financial bonuses for each child that they snatch. And again, there's good and bad in every organization. And for me, the good is overshadowed by, overshadowed rather by the darkness of the devil in all the organizations. And we've also just been living through four years of that medical darkness too. And here it is, it's all for the kids. They want the kids unfortunately so jane thank you for uh being on with us and let everybody let's let's remind everybody they continue to do this everywhere i've had hoka wichasha on who is the historian of the lakota horse nation and he has the last member of the united states 
Aboriginal residential schools in 1993. And if anybody in Canada or the United States or the United Kingdom, Ireland, Scotland, New Zealand, and Australia are even aware of what went on in the Aboriginal residential schools under the colonial system, you understand that that colonial system is still in effect today in these provincial and municipal court systems, which are part of the British accreditation of registry, which by the way, as we've showed many times on the show, they have their own Dun and Bradstreet business corporation number. So a man or a woman wearing a robe, taking sitting on a bench in a British of accreditation registry courthouse is flexing the bylaws of a corporation bylaw, not conducting, in my opinion, in many instances, true law to protect your inalienable rights. And when it comes to children and when it comes to a woman who says that she was sexually assaulted and her kids were assaulted and this man apparently admitted it to his therapist who put this in the documents and nothing's being done about it from what we're seeing at this moment in time, which is another reason for this show, the world needs to wake up. So Jane, uh, please fill in the gaps for us right now um, uh, with anything that I have shared thus far. And first of all, at the moment, while you guys are on vacation, you know, which I'm sure is a blessing for the kids, you know, to 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 shield them for the insanity going on here. You guys are safe and sound at the moment, wherever it is you're on vacation. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Great. Well, let's talk about backdating documents. You had mentioned to me previously, and what I've learned is that the judge, Alexander Finlayson, in this case, had you've alleged that the judge has backdated documents in this family court. What does that mean for everybody? Backdating documents, what is the charge? I am stunned about really what is happening at the moment. I I am, I was flabbergasted when I realized what is happening here at the moment. So what happened was that the judge created a document on November 14th. It was no endorsement, no order, just just an opinion that he that he sent to me. Okay. He harassed me, he's intimidating me with that. Okay. I sent an email to him asking to stop the season desist. And then a week later I sent an email to the courthouse family court register asking if subsequently to this stuff that Alexander Finlayson created, asking if there is an endorsement or an order. I received an email back that no order has been issued. And I will, I'm glad to share this email. With this email, I went on vacation with my children on the Friday that followed. And all of a sudden, I received another email with a ruling and an endorsement from an expert in motion, an emergency motion, that my ex um, would have apparently the children in his ear. And I was just asking, well, where is this stemming from? So, in these motion serials, all of a sudden I find an endorsement that has not been served to me the whole time. So I send another email to the family court register on November 28th asking, can you please provide this email with this endorsement dated November 14th? Couldn't. So I received, just back up, I received on November 28th motion material that were all of a sudden backdated to November 14th, although the same family register confirmed on November 23rd that there is no endorsement, no order. to an application, to a family court application that I withdrew 
on August 24th, 2023, due to a request from my ex because it is financial draining. And I can tell you it is. So okay. all of this, um, and then afterwards, I only I even received this telephone call from Dennis Eisman threatening and coercing me that he would have to write an affidavit, and if I would not cooperate, he would write a letter to the judge. And I said, there is. I always cooperated with Children's Aid Society. Why wouldn't I? Because I have nothing to hide. I am not the criminal. So we were even talking about my settlement offer that I send all the time to the other person. But I had to remind her as well that there are guns in the game, that I received death threats. The last one I received was in March this year, 2023. Our son was assaulted in April, 2023. And then we have this hard evidence from the former therapist where my ex-husband admitted that he physically harmed the children beyond thinking and an apparent mental health issue in his family. So I reminded her about this and she always said, oh, I, did, I don't know about this. I need to read into this uh, case, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, perfect, let's do that, no problem. And then she said, I need to speak to the children. And I said, yeah, absolutely. We can absolutely do this. But at the moment, we are in a place where remote connection is really... My brother called it, hey, are you in Africa? Because nothing is really working here. Yeah. So we... Nevertheless, I scheduled a meeting with her. And really, that day, it really didn't work. The day before, the children connected with the school principal, just saying, hello, hey, we're doing fine, whatever. On that scheduled date with CAS, it didn't work out. But in the afternoon, I called her and we recorded her. I had somebody on the line as well. And I'm happy to share the recording because in the court documents that she submitted to the court, to Alexander Simonson, she was saying that I would have refused that the children are speaking with her. And that was actually the way around. I was asking her on November 30th, do you want to speak to my son now? She said, no. And I said, excuse me, can you please repeat? And she said, no. And then she submitted documents that I would have refused that. So all of this, not only the fascinating documents of manifesting documents of Alexander Simlish and all of a sudden in baseline, the harassing behavior, all of these lies, trying to file a criminal complaint and police is not taking it. I sent an email to Alexander Simlish and asking to cease and desist his harassment during my vacation. I copied as well the Office of the Attorney General in the email, as well as so many other people, judges, high-end here in Canada. And what I received was another gaslighting email from the security office, from the Attorney General, gaslighting me that I would criminal harassing the judge. And he said, no, 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 it's actually the other way around. But I had not the time to to send an email because here really the internet connection is really, really bad. So I'm really happy that I have you here on the line to talk about what is now happening. So thank you so, for sharing, Jane. And I want to do a summary of what you just said once again, because again, I've got the phone here to the recording on the show because we could not actually get you with good audio or video on the Zoom. So you we a couple of things. One, you've recorded the intake worker from Durham CAS. You mentioned her name, Jennifer Wise, when we mentioned, and said that you've recorded her and you've asked her and in that recording, do you want to see the children? She said no, no. Then she went and sent a piece of paper 
off to the court and said that you were refusing access to the children and then she's threatening you as you've been stating. You have had uh, the band by the name of Alexander Finlayson who at times wears a robe and acts as a judge uh, in the Superior Court of Justice of Ontario who is still on your family court case yet you mentioned that in April of this year 2023 you submitted an application to withdraw the case because of the financial drain that your ex-husband was experiencing and that you were stating in August, August, excuse me, in August August of this year. Mm. And you're stating as well that Alexander Finlayson acknowledged that and withdrew the case yet is still working on this case on his own precedent and doing things in a court without you or your representation present. Is this correct? Correct. That's correct. Now, you mentioned that you have the Children's Aid Services worker who goes by the name of Jennifer Wiseman. You mentioned that she's lying on the court documents, and that was back to the recording you are sharing that said you were refusing the children, but you had asked her on the recording, and she said she doesn't need to see them. Is that right? That's correct. So what we have here then is what it's looking like is unfortunately every single other scenario, relatively the same playbook, which we've seen for the kidnapping and the snatching of children at the hands of the state, which is a playbook which has been around for at least a century under the colonial court corporation system. We have a therapist who you mentioned who wrote that affidavit, who again, as I'm recapping here, because our time is short and your connection is not greater than the next 10 minutes, submitted to the family court stating that her patient, the ex-husband, who, as Jane has said, sexually assaulted her and then assaulted her again in April of 2023 of this year, was physically harming the children beyond spanking. And remember what what Jesus said about that, right? If you harm the children, you know, better it be you hang a millstone around your neck and you drown yourself into the deepest of seas than to face my father's wrath for harming children. Wow. And he's uttering death threats and there's guns involved. So you mentioned there's guns involved and you said that you've mentioned this, Jane, to the Child's AIDS Services Durham worker, Jennifer Wiseman. Is that correct? And where are these guns involved that you're referring to? Oh, that's a good question. I absolutely, uh, in his conditions, um, this is not allowed to have them anymore. He had to hand them over to his father, who was 82 years old. And um, this state with those guns could be um, in Brampton. Right. at a location where they lived up until June 2022. But they moved. They moved to Kawatale. And the undertaken has not been changed. But the state moved. So hang on a second. You mentioned undertaking. And I want to, and I want to jump in here because we're talking about guns and an undertaking. So in Canada, in, yeah. in the United States, any Americans who are watching this broadcast or listening to this podcast, they understand bail. And you're saying in Ontario, the province, it's called an undertaking. Is that correct? That's correct. So in order for yes, a, a bail bond to be issued or an undertaking in the provincial court of Ontario to be issued, that means that a man or a woman or a youth has been taken in and processed for some certain reason and they're out on bail or an undertaking. What was it then that you're stating this man had an undertaking for and of which in that undertaking a condition of the undertaking condition of bail as everybody knows from the american tv shows and movies a condition of the bail is he can't be around his own guns any longer is what you're stating what was the what was this undertaking for you're stating when when he sexually assaulted me in the presence of my old of our oldest son i had that too in 2021, um, the prosecutor arrested and charged them, and 
if he was released under those conditions, that he would have to give all his guns to his father. And the state would have to be placed in a secure manner in his father's um, property, on his father's property back in Brenton. This address has never been changed. But these people moved. But the condition didn't change. So there is a breach as well, but nobody wants to take care of it. And I tried, Brad. I tried. And this is on the family court records that Alexander Finlayson, the man, has access to, of which Kelly Emmerich, the original U-State um, intake worker from Durham CAS, was aware of. And now the second Durham CAS worker, Jennifer Wiseman, is now aware of, because it's in documents, that the man who was arrested by arrested by police, right? I would imagine, law enforcement? Correct. The prosecutor Absolutely. arrested him. Yeah for a sexual assault done in the presence of your eldest son, another witness. Yeah. Yeah. And then the middle son was assaulted this year in April. And all CAS workers are aware of this. The judge, Alexander Finlayson, is aware of this. Mm. And... Now I have all of a sudden, since last week, there is this Jennifer Wiseman is working with police, and I have no idea on what ground. You mentioned that there's an attorney opposing counsel for your ex-husband at the moment, who goes by the name of Nan yeah. Vichy Becca. And there was yeah. something about your ex-husband's therapist in that affidavit um, or sorry, if I got it correct, the therapist wrote another affidavit to the court and stated that your husband, ex-husband's attorney was lying. What What is the nature of a therapist having to issue an affidavit to the court stating that this attorney is lying in court? What is that about? Um, the therapist is known in the uh, Ontario court system as a specialist. Okay. And Mandishi Vega slandered her name. And there was, in, in the affidavit that I was reading, that I received through, through Mandishi Vega, my ex-husband mentioned privacy breach that apparently happened between uh, the therapist and her reviewing information about me. So I called the therapist because we were on good terms. I called her and I said, listen, I have this Dr. David here. I need to send you this because I have some questions. It doesn't make any sense. Please read it and get back to me. When she came back to me, she said, Astrid, I will not answer this or answer this with an affidavit which he did immediately and send it directly to the superior court of justice family branch to alexander finlayson mm -hmm. i use that affidavit as well because in this affidavit not only did she finally became clear that in 2019 my ex-husband was physically abusing my, our son beyond, beyond spanking. But on top of this, family, and she mentioned that Nandisi Baker was lying. And this brings me to the next thing of the opposing counsel lying, because in September, in front of Alexander Finlayson, he deceived the judge and telling him I would have received some court documents, which I did not. And I brought this to the police and put in a criminal complaint against Nandiki Vega and her managing senior clerk because they were all conspiracy against me saying I would have received those court documents. 
but the email was wrong. And this was the thing when I said to Alexander Finlayson, I stop. You get to stop. You get to see what's in those documents. It's wrong from A to Z. And he didn't want it to didn't want it to I don't want to say listen, but he didn't want it to read through this. But I informed them that I put in a criminal complaint against Mandisi Baker. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So, and by the way, as a sovereign, every one of those named are welcome to come on and share here. Um, these are the documents that we're sharing as the show goes. So for every document, which has been stated as being shown, which exists because, let me put this forward and ask you this. Is there anything we have shared here in this entirety of the case in family court, the criminal court, now you withdraw an application you mentioned, uh, to withdraw it from family court and it's still active. Is there anything here that's sealed? Is there anything confidential that's sealed, which we're not allowed to share publicly because it's the Ontario Superior Court of Justice? This is open, or is this open in public information? Um, as far as I know, family bench is public. Yeah, so thanks. for me, nothing is, I, I haven't seen anything sealed. I have not received it myself. So as we wrap up here, for those who are listening right now, if you're sitting at, in a cafe in Melbourne, if you are at your home in Salisbury, the United Kingdom, if you are sitting in a condo, in downtown Toronto right now, watching this show, and you're going, wait a second, what I've just heard shown, what I've just heard discussed, and what I've just seen shown here with the documents, right now kind of says, you have a man who assaulted his wife, who assaults his children, who a prosecutor had the police go and arrest, criminally charged for assault, awaiting that court date. And in the meantime, in 2019, you filed in family court and declared the assaults as well. This is documented. You have an original caseworker who has declared you mentally fit so you can take care and look after the children as of August 2023. You have a judge who is Alexander Finlayson, who has presided from 2019 to 2023 up to when you wrote to withdraw your application from the family court because the charges, uh, the financial cost is uh, a burden upon your ex-husband and you. And while we're sitting here right now and you're on vacation, which hopefully is giving a great break to um, your beautiful children, the people who are sitting here, whether you're in a condo in Toronto or you're at a home in Salisbury, London, or you're in Melbourne, Australia, what is what is it your message you would have for people in the world about this story, this horror, this nightmare that appears that you're living through? What what would be your message to them? And then what can they do? What can somebody around the world do to have a positive effect on this case and others for the on the children's behalf to save the children of our world? I want everybody to wake up, really to wake up, because in July this year, 2023, I've never imagined that all of a sudden the death could turn around and do those criminal things. I've never imagined, because it was not even in my imagination that this could happen. But now these cases are popping up everywhere. And there are petitions out there as well. There are petitions and letters that people can write to their MPs, to their governments, in order to clarify what is actually really going on. To stand up for their rights and to put the very first commandment of the scripture first 
with this do no harm. Yes. If the very first commandment would be respected by everybody, there would be no division. We would be humans again, and those people would not have one bit of a chance to poison our children with this weapon that they have in their hands. Yeah. Trying to get those children that have not been weaponized yet and that are innocent. Wake up, people. Go back to the scripture and act upon that. Amen. Well, I pray for you for a very positive outcome. You're an extremely brave woman. Your children are also brave. Myself personally, which you have not learned as of yet, has experienced the very similar nature of what your children have just been put through. Plus, I have been assaulted many times as a child sexually by people outside the home. So that is not that is to only bring it from a semblance where other people have learned in my audience on the shows, a part of the reason that imbibes me with God's spirit to get the message out there to help others. So we are no longer, no longer ever in these situations ever again on this planet and others. And you said it best. Remember scripture, do no harm and love one another. You are welcome to come back with any updates. You know how to get a hold of us. And for all of you dear souls who are watching the broadcast or listening to this podcast, I will tell you one other thing that you can do. You can, as trivial as this might sound, but it's because of the algorithms on here, you add a thumbs up like button wherever you're hearing this on a platform. If you're on Rumble, you add a comment below because the algorithm then does the engagement in the commentary below to get this message out. And then go take this particular episode and post it to all of your social medias. But add, as you do that, add your own few sentences as to why friends and family on your social media must hear this story. And also, if you're living in that region of Brampton, Durham Regional Appeal, also, Feel free to look into these documents. Everybody is welcome to come on the show as a sovereign man and a woman and have their time. Because at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, it's the courts of heaven and God's justice, which is what will dictate what we do and who we are with the, our souls the, at the end of this life. And we must serve love and do no harm. Thank you so much for it. I would say have a blessed vacation. That's completely trivial. I hope you do get some much needed rest as well as the children have their own fun, which is so key because that's what a child should be doing, laughing and playing and being in harmony with the world. So thank you very much for coming on and dear souls, thank you for watching. <laughs>